Yes, sir. yes, sir. The man wanted to ride. What did he do? Swing down, sweet child. If you're feeling my vibe, then we can all just ride. If you want to get down, then we can all just ride. All my people, throw your hands up high and just ride. Where you're from, east side to west side, just ride. All my people from uptown to downtown. From Cali to NY, you know we all Hey, Ryan, how you doing? Hey, pretty good, Jason. How are you? Doing all right, man. Doing all right. Hello, everybody. You're listening to the Bay Heights Podcast. Um, Jason, it's with Ryan. You can uh, reach us at bayheightspod at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We've actually started getting active on there now, actually. Um, man, yeah, no, I just turned the TV off. I just caught this, uh, just caught the the uh, the Miami-Boston game. Did you get a chance to watch it? Yeah, I saw the fourth quarter, and that was just you know, emphatic and just like talk about, talk about a quarter to close to go into the NBA finals. Right. As if there was any doubt who was the better team that series. Um, pretty, uh, pretty dominating win, pretty dominating series. I know it went six games, but um, I feel like Miami was just the better team, even in, even when they're, even in their two losses. I think so. I mean, I, um, I was very impressed with everything I was seeing from both teams uh, but just for everybody, just like, yeah, we thought we would just do a check-in because uh, since me and you last recorded, it was the playoffs were just, but no, no, we, we were catching just the tail end of the Boston-Toronto series. So we were like looking ahead at what the conference finals were going to be. Now we know what the finals are going to be. So we just thought we'd do a check-in. Um, it was clear to me that these were the two best teams in the East, I think. I think this was a mm-hmm. great conference finals. It was clear to me that if somehow Toronto pulled through, like, like I said in uh, – previous episode that Toronto was really like two possessions away. Like any kind of couple of things could have happened differently and they would have made it to the next round. But mm. I think that it would have been a very decisive Miami win if Boston, if Toronto somehow got through, I think. Um, I, I've just been very impressed with all the young guys that I'm seeing. Like, cause I never really watched a lot of Miami heat in the season. And I kept hearing Same. the names, Tyler hero, Duncan Robinson and bam. But so this, this is like, yeah, like I think that Kenny the Jet said, uh, what is it? The regular seasons where you earn your name, or is it? Yeah, you earn your fame, and then the playoffs when you earn your name. Uh, actually, you know what? It really doesn't matter what he said because you could switch it either way, or, and it would have meant the same same thing. Um, but uh, <clears throat> I, yeah, man, like Miami's set up to just be really good for years to come. I mean, I don't know. I, I do wonder. Like, it will be one if it'll be like just this one year is an aberration, but anyway, we'll put that aside for another time. But, um, Boston didn't quit. I was impressed by that. eh? like, no, it didn't, no. it looked like to me, Miami was just a better team, but no matter what happened, like Tatum and Brown and even in Marcus smart, all these guys, they all just kept playing their game. They didn't back down. Um, so I was just really impressed with everything I was seeing out of Boston. You would really hate for them to be broken up because they yeah. finally got over all these hurdles. Um, people were really projecting them high in this playoffs. And I think especially a lot of people here in Toronto were wondering, well, why the hell is that? These guys are unproven. Toronto's proven. Right. And, you know, you know, coming up short in a conference final is it's not bad. It's not bad as your first kind of year. Um, this unit, um, you know, you, you hear things about arguments after the game and Danny Ainge going down to the locker room and, (laughs) And saying what he had to say, like those are all. I think those are all good things. So I think if you're a Boston fan, you know all every all all three of you out there, um, yeah, like you should really be proud of this team because if you guys stick together, 
Um, I think there is room for improvement because um, the only things I really saw them, they, they don't struggle well. Like there's, the, you know, some teams, you know, we talked about, we talked about, you know, well, what did the Raptors do last year when they needed a bucket? They just gave it to Kawhi, right? It was easy. It was the easiest, it was the easiest thing to to stop a run and to kind of <laughs> just, just, uh, just to, you know, deflate the room, so to speak. Boston, when they're struggling, I feel like they're all kind of struggling and they do go on long, um, uh, you know, their, their lulls are really long and maybe they just need that, that gatekeeper, that play or that, you know, just, just, just something, right. That's, that's kind of what they're missing right now. Um, because they don't really have a true number one, um, you know, it's, so, it's, but it's by committee right now and maybe they need to develop that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, these are, listen, these, these are, these are good things. You, you hate the term blowing it up. These guys should not blow it up at all. So, I mean, to address that just briefly, very, of course, in my head, because it's like, you got to, you got like a couple of games from the finals, right? It's just like the idea that somebody would think you got to blow that up. I mean, they're, they're still relatively young. I think they're going to have to mm-hmm. make some decisions. I don't know what the contract situation is for Boston. But um, so, so what I will tweak a bit of what you said is they do have Tatum and Brown who, when, no matter the momentum, however it's going, they sort of just make the play that needs to be made. They make the shot that needs to be made. But I don't know why, but when they, make, when they do score and they kind of like it's in the middle of a run by the other team, it doesn't feel like it disrupts the momentum of the team, you know, like mm-hmm. there was only, there's only really like Kawhi and Kobe that come to mind where it's like the, the, the house can be going crazy and the, and, and the Lakers are just on terror or the, uh, the Spurs or the, the Raptors and, and then, sorry, or the opposing team, whoever Toronto's playing. And then, and then Kawhi or Kobe, just whatever kind of shot that they hit, it just sort of, you can feel there's this, deflating feeling like oh we got to go and score again like we didn't break this guys these guys whereas tatum and brown i haven't i haven't seen that yet but i do see consistency from them you know like i okay like they're they're gonna be like well tatum for sure is gonna be like yeah um, like high caliber player um he just he's only in his fourth year i want to say am i wrong about that um i think he might even be only his third year actually um the the reason why the reason why I said what I said was because I mean, maybe yeah. you and I are seeing different things. I, you okay. know, I, I don't, I don't watch every single Boston Celtics game, but I'll see Tatum knock down like three or four, you know, on a particular run, and you know Brown, you know these guys are clearly the hot hands, and yet Kemba will be struggling, or Smart will be struggling, or Thies or Tease, for whatever yeah, reason I can't pronounce yeah. that guy's name. And I see these guys like trying to face up and say, well, what, are you, what are you doing? You guys actually have hot hands on your court. Like, no, this is not your yeah. time. You're, you're not the, you're not the shot maker right now. And so I saw a bit of that where I think it's just a maturity thing from Kemba, I believe is, is very mature. And he's just kind of guy that's look, look, I'm, I'm, if I'm given an open shot, I'm, I'm going to take an open shot because that's, you know, you always take the good look. But I feel like Smart is—he needs to be coached up a little bit. He's obviously an emotional guy, and I think that you know there's a bit of ego in him where he'll see two of his teammates playing really well in a situation where he's feeling left out. Uh, he's he's, he's, he's kind of gonna take a shot again. This is this is the moments that I've seen where I've just been like, 
oh, what the hell are you doing taking that shot? No, no, please don't. But So I think uh, what I yeah. see in Marcus Smart, I kind of have a better appreciation from after the Miami series now, is like regardless of what's going on, he, he's still playing with the same kind of fire. Now, whether he's delivering and, and producing, I mean, that's another matter. But you kind of need to have players on the team who are just going to they're like Pat Bev. They're a bit of like Bulldogs. And mm-hmm. because they're going hard and they're not even the number one guy. And you're, and then that means that the number one guy in his head, it's like a signal. Like, okay, well, like if that dude who's making a fraction of what I'm making is going hard, then yeah. I, mean, I got to pick it up. Um, and, and just, just that fearlessness is needed. And, and kind of that plays into what I thought, what I saw in Tyler Hero, what I really enjoyed is he just, he wants the ball. Like mm-hmm. he's got so much confidence. It, it just like, I'm trying to think who he would, be in a previous era maybe like a reggie miller okay not the hall of fame level type stuff because he's a rookie i don't know but he's this tall lanky guy no mainly for shooting but he can still like do other things but reggie was super i don't know pretty much cocky like he probably thought he was better than he actually was and mm-hmm. tyler hero might actually think he's better than he is but that kind of confidence sort of puts you in situations where you're disrupting the like whatever the defense is trying to do you know like yeah yeah, he uh, built built differently for me. But I uh, watching Tim Hardaway, that guy always thought okay. he was the best. Like that guy was okay. just, you know, may- maybe to his own detriment. I mean, he's <laughs> you know, I don't know if he's well liked these days. But uh, Tim Hardaway was, did, did that for me as well. Just kind of pissing vinegar. You know, was always mad when he made NBA. You know, third team thought he should have been first. So <laughs> that that reminds that reminds me a lot of Tim Hardaway. So, but yeah, I mean. I- uh, Tyler Hero's got a promising next couple of years ahead of him for sure. And you see that game six, or sorry, not game six, game, uh, sorry, game five, where he scored, or it was game four, he scored uh, 37 points, right? Yeah. It was the second or third most for like uh, someone at his age. I think it was Magic Johnson and yeah. Derek Rose. He passed Derek Rose. I mean, that's it's got to count for something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just thinking through the highlights of this series, like Bam and his block on Jason Tatum. Like I just like it. Just it feels really good to see that the league is going to be just stocked with so much talent in some years to come. You know, like the the 2003 class is just about done. They're about retired. You know, I mean, except for LeBron, who I don't know how long he's going to play for. But whoever is going to be up next, it's just like the caliber of talent spread throughout the league. It's just really impressive. Mm-hmm. That um, that gets to that gets to a feeling, and maybe you can comment on this as well. Is there were so many stars being made and then crushed right away, right? It was Dame, and then by Dame, and then oh, it yeah. was Luca by Luca. Um, uh, you mean to Jokic, this, this year? This just just this playoff, yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. and, and and Murray and Jokic and bye bye. And yeah. yeah, I mean Tatum, Brown, Smart. I mean, if if this is pro wrestling, I mean everyone's <laughs> getting over, even in losing efforts. Right? This is this is That's a good. Booker's dream. This is what you it's want. True. You you want to create stars, even in losing efforts, because yeah, I don't know if you recall, you want, but yeah. I, I so basically the Toronto Raptors got Hito Turkaloo because he had a really good run. Yeah, when the uh, when the Magic. Yeah. Um, when the magic went, you know, into the finals yep. and it just, now I, I never would have foreseen that this guy would come in like 80 pounds overweight, and <laughs> just, you know, and just, just be a shell of himself. I, I did not think we would get that version of him, but I was just not sold on Hito coming to Toronto oh, because I'm okay. like, 
I just never saw it. It was, you know, it was your favorite GM um, ever uh, making that move. And, um, you know, it was just, and, you know, it's fine. I mean, Toronto was what it was. It's, that's the kind of caliber of free agent we were going to get, but it was just never sold on him. Meanwhile, look at all these stars that have been made in this playoffs and you would just love to get any of them, right? Um, Dame, uh, yeah. Tatum, all these guys, all these quote unquote failures who couldn't quite make it this year. But you know, you would you would want to if you could if you had to build a team, um, and you had all these guys that just came up just short, you'd be chomping at the bit to to pick all these sure. guys because none of these guys rolled over. You know what I mean? Like the only team that really rolled over was the Clippers. Um, when well, they lost Houston, to- but Houston's limited, right? Houston, uh, Houston never going to be. Did they really roll over, or were they just? That's how just they outplayed. were. Just, be, just yeah, you know just, what I mean. They didn't. I mean, I, I don't think they really quit. I think they were just they're just not as good as the Lakers. The Lakers, yeah. Were better. I, I the game you think they I, quit? No, you no, think no, that no. they didn't put in the full effort defensively at times? It was really and yeah, I, Dan Tony at times was just like. He, you know, I feel bad for some of these coaches, these cantankerous <laughs> coaches that are just being interviewed at end of the first quarter, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, Mike D'Antoni, you're two of yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm just gonna cut you off right now. Uh, we're just not rebounding. Yeah, okay, we're done here. You could just, <laughs> you just tell how frustrated he was, um, <laughs> because the the problem with Houston is like they do miss like 27 straight shots, right? And they're just like, what the hell are you doing? And you know the coach isn't calling." for these for these long range uh jumpers right so um yeah okay rollovers maybe they're not worth but just like low basketball iq at times and okay you know um talk about like not going to plan b or even having a plan b so that's you know that's the frustration being a houston rockets fan and a james harden fan and, and whatnot um okay yeah like i i guess the way i saw houston i just i i just thought that that's what you get that this is the team yeah. that that they've been for the past few years. Now they've yeah, added Russ much. and mm-hmm. D'Antoni. I, I don't. He's not really an X's and O's type of guy. He's a bit of a jazz musician. And you're asking him to sort of to be to win a title. You're like you got to sort of play like you're in the the Moscow Conservatory and mm-hmm. you can't just show up and freestyle it. And um, okay, so but, like, but you're right yeah. about these. Going back to what you said, yeah, there was no quit in Boston. There was no quit. Certainly no quit in in Denver. I mean. That's that's obviously well stated, but even even in even against the Lakers, I mean they never okay. mailed it in. Those guys got hurt at certain points during the game, and you know Jamal Murray with like half a foot is just going out there. You'll get yeah. in foul trouble. I mean, they, before you go they, further on the Lakers and Nuggets, mm-hmm. just just a quick point. Uh, just one last thing on, on just Boston, just because I uh, I was wondering this. Do what do you think of Brad Stevens as a coach? Like after we've seen now the Toronto series and the and the Miami series, what's your opinion of them? Um, I don't know enough about him. I've, I've heard okay. him a couple. Yeah, like, let's say you can. Let's say we judge it based on what we saw on this court, and you and, and you just sort of make assumptions about what you think his his hands were on or what they should have been on. Or I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what I'm thinking. Like, okay, I yeah, am maybe questioning, like how much praise like he should have gotten when he first came to boston like he came when he had these like star like relative to their age like these players who were like high high draft picks and he's getting more out of them than people expected like after gordon got injured and Kyrie got injured and they go to the conference finals and you're thinking oh my goodness this team is so jacked it's loaded this is with uh this is with rogier right 
There was Terry Ogier, you're right. Yeah. So yeah. he was still there. And then now you get that's, Kemba. That's when, and I first, that, that's when I first heard about him. Yeah. Okay. Um, so and he, got a, he got a claim for I don't know if you watched like the, the Butler versus Duke finals in the NCAA tournament. I mean, that's the reason he got on the map of, of all. Oh, really? Okay. So like, because mm-hmm. if you were, I don't know if you, so what happened was Butler's down by like two points and, and Gordon Hayward, who was his player at Butler, and he like was a breakout in that March Madness tournament, and because like who Butler just a mid major, like he's dribbling it up from like backcourt. He gets to like well behind the three point line, launches a three. It bounces off the backboard, hits the rim, and bounces out. Yeah, otherwise they could have beaten Duke in the for the championship. Gotcha. So, so anyway, like that was where, where uh, Brad <coughs> Brad made his name, and then Danny Inch sort of went. Out of, in left field when he hired him to replace Doc. And I was like, well, okay, mm-hmm. pretty incredible. Now, I think what I saw now, I don't know, just a, just like, I don't really know why. I felt like Nick Nurse was generally a better coach than him, even though Boston just had better talent. That's kind of what it was, even though Nick Nurse sort of had some questionable decisions toward the end. Now, against Eric Spolstra, like, um, I, I, I think like the, um, it just yeah um i think it's just something i just to i'm just sort of paying attention to i'm trying to actually think of exact plays but there were a few times when i wondered what boston was doing like like miami was playing zone for like so much of the game in game four i think it was um and i would just think that like the coach could figure out how to just hack that apart kind of right um i don't know um and, and not not just because it's zone, but just whatever like I mean I was doing. It just felt it just felt like Spo is like ahead of a Brad. And maybe that's just I don't know. Maybe that this is just a hey Spo's been around for ten years in the NBA and Brad hasn't. Maybe that could it's be possible. Be. He's 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 got a bit of a George Carl feel to him, where George <laughs> Carl always had those. You know, I think uh, I'm trying to think of the Sonics team that they 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 were the league they were the league's best team for a few of those years. Okay. And um, under George Carl with with Peyton Schrempf and Kemp and um, the one year they got eliminated first round by rookie Matumbo um, or second year Matumbo, I remember. Oh, I was yeah. upset. And then they finally make it to the NBA finals. And then, you know, they're obviously going to get crushed because the, well, they didn't get crushed, <laughs> but they, you know, the Bulls had their 70 win season. It was just like, oh, you idiots. Like of all the years to make it to the finals, like you could have, you know, you should have you know, maybe done it the year before because you either would have been playing the Knicks or the Magic. Um, yeah. It kind of so worked yeah, us, right? I mean, didn't yeah, they, I mean, sure. did they lose yeah. three in a row? I, I can't remember that exactly right now, but... What are you talking about? Oh, the finals? No. Yeah. Okay. No, what happened okay. was uh, Bulls got off to, I think it was 2-0. Okay. And then, and then, and then they came back. You know what? You might be right. Maybe they were, maybe they were up 3 nothing. And then uh, Sonics won two in a row. And that's the famous internet me moment where Gary was like, Gary Payton, that is, was like, look, if I played MJ man on man the entire game for every yeah. game, I could have fatigued him to the point where like that was that was the right strategy. And then and then that's when Michael just took his soul and said, I, yeah, that's- <laughs> I, I had no problem yeah, that's with right. the glove. Right. Um yeah, it must be nice to be. Because uh, that's my, what my, I remember. I remember Gary Payton's yeah. comment that, like, "Hey, we waited till like game three or four to start exactly. guarding it." And you know yeah. what? I kind of 
I don't know what the result would have been, but I at least agree with the approach. Like you have the best Absolutely. defender in the league. Why don't you just use him on Absolutely. the best offensive player, right? Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I didn't. So that, that kind of stuff I just kind of wonder about sometimes. Um, so, so you're talking about Nuggets Lakers. Um, did you catch much of those, much of that series? Yeah, I probably saw more okay. of those games because, okay. you know, full disclosure, we have a little bit of uh, Serbian in our, in our family bloodline. Oh, so right. we're going okay. to, we're going to catch that. And of course, um, you know, it's nice to cheer on a Canadian boy. I forget which American, uh, which American commentator goes out of his way to not just say he's from Canada, but he's from Kitchener, Ontario, uh, um, Canada, which is pretty cool. Um, shouts out to whoever that is. It's one of the like, Kevin Harlan. Okay, one of the, the straight men, not the players, right? Okay, I'm thinking it's an ex-player with ties to oh, okay. Canada. Yeah, on one of the one of, one of the shows, one of the you know, okay, first well, take I mean, type Vince shows. Carter does like when he's on the jump, right? He always calls him kitch- like Kitchener's own or he just maybe, that, you know, maybe, so. maybe maybe it's him. Maybe it's him. So uh okay. yeah, I mean it was again, two more stars made if you hadn't already heard of them, even though Jokic was an all-star this year. Um and yeah. uh so I think he'll he, make an all-star team next year. I oh, think, uh, sure. Yeah. And yeah. Murray maybe will as well. Although the oh, West sorry, is I meant stacked. Murray. I think Murray's going to make it next year. Like, yeah. The, the problem with Murray is that he's in a conference where it's like, oh, yeah. you know, it's Chris, it's Chris Paul. It's, it's James Harden. It's guys that just, you know, Steph, they, Clay, Dame. it's, it's stat heavy. Right. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of what Lowry had to do for many years where I was fight through all this to like finally get all-star recognition and um but even Lowry would have a tough time making all stars in the West as well, right? Um so yeah, a, I mean the Nuggets, there was an article I read a few years back and it was like when I hadn't even heard of Joe Jokic and um and it was just like this preview and I can't remember which year it was, and he just said, Well, you know, look out for the Nuggets and they made okay. and it was obviously one of those clickbaity type articles. It was ESPN, mm-hmm. I mean, but it was loaded with data and a real substantive argument that they made all these statistical comparisons, both in terms of the player bio, uh, like their stats, as well as the way they played and everything and the way they're coached to the Warriors and saying, look, they basically have this archetype here, like these nuggets, they're going to yeah. develop and they're going to become like the the contestant to the Warriors, which I mean, we didn't realize the Warriors are just crater and fall off like this, but they were just saying how they were built in that same mold. And, and you know, in a lot of ways, you look at this team and it's like, we didn't... I mean, they were a third seed, and I guess because unless you have done it before, like really gotten to the finals and had a good showing, or also had players on your team who have done that, then just people aren't really going to buy that your team has a shot. Like the Raptors, for example, like no one really ever bought that they had a shot until they got Kawhi, Mm -hmm. because he had been to the finals. He was a finals MVP. Yeah. Um, And... And, but by the way, I think that narrative is kind of played out. The idea, like, okay, you just get this one player and it's going to change everything. I mean, it changes everything because, you know, the way the game gets called for different players. But um, but with okay, the, the can Nuggets... I, can, I, can, yeah. can I tell you a narrative that drives me nuts? Okay. And um, because um, late in the series, they, they started uh, Dwight Howard against Jokic just to kind of irritate him and just yep. to kind of be the thorn. And, you know, it, yeah, Nuggets won one game, but Lakers were able to close out with with just that strategy, so good on them. Um, I can't stand, you know, the comparisons about athleticism. I know why it gets said. Look, Dwight Howard is going to jump higher, run faster. He passes the eye test, but 
And Jokic is like, oh, he's got basketball IQ. I'm like, the guy has got athleticism as well. Do, do, do people not know what fast twitch muscles and, you know, and hand-eye coordination and like, these are all physical tools. You just don't, yeah, you're probably born with them, but that counts as athleticism too. Like this guy hitting these rainbow arcs, you know, that pretty much touch the ceiling and then go in. I, I just, that's, that's always bothered me when it comes to a lot of ball and stick sports is you get branded well, as the athletic guy or the, or the IQ guy. It's like, no, they're all athletic. Athletics just, you know, there's, it's, it's, just, it's more, it's more than what can be quantified because of a bench press or a 40 yard dash or things like this. You know, it's like you, you, you have to be athletic to play defense, to run up and down the court, to make shots, to lean in, to switch hands. I mean, all these things are forms of athleticism. So, um, you, um, you're touching on a few things. Just maybe I'm just getting triggered, but it's just, um, yeah, just, I'll I'll just leave it at that. I don't want to say, yeah. So the, the, the point is, okay, there's, there's three separate topics that just came to mind based on what you said. So, so the first one is, yeah, but when the announcers talked about Jokic not being athletic, not being as athletic as uh, as Dwight or some other centers in the league, is that it, I the way I interpret the comments is look at how gifted he is as a basketball player that he can have this kind of impact despite being not as fast, not can't really like move the same way that some of these other players can't can't jump as high, like that he can affect the game this way. That's how I interpreted it because he even himself jokes about how he's not athletic and he like before this year he had like a beer belly he was just not really a guy who really paid attention to like health in the same way for example like a lebron did like or fitness right he was a basketball player and he played like exceptional basketball player like among the best in the world and it was funny like um he someone asked him about like well what do you i don't know how do you compensate um playing with this team whatever and then his kind of response was well, like, I just, you know, I'm pretty slow. I'm, I, I'm pretty slow, so I just have to sort of play a different way, you know. And and to me, I thought that was complimenting that IQ in him. Like, hitting a rainbow arc and all that stuff, that's more like skill as opposed to athleticism, right? I mean, he's using the tools that he has, and obviously he's a superior athlete to the common man. But I, like, I, I still... But, so, but I still oh, think yeah. that's... I still think that forms an athletics because, you know, you... You're you're going to work on that shot. And if you can, and if, if you develop that muscle memory, I mean, there's, there's put it this way. Yeah, there's probably so big that's mi- the skill. Yeah. I mean, but, but, but I mean, the thing is, is like that maybe it's the context where you didn't quite catch how they were saying, it, cause that's, that's the way it was. So no, they, they're not denigrating Jokic though on the broadcast. Right. So well, let me mix the other, other two points. Um, so like the other one was like about the athleticism, um, it, it actually came up when Jeremy Lin was rising up, right? Because like the reviews of him were quote unquote deceptively quick, and he called it out in some interviews. Like, well, what do you mean I'm deceptively quick? Don't you just mm-hmm. mean I'm quick? Like, yeah. why are you saying I'm deceptively quick? And like, it's it's, it's code, and, and, yeah. And, and like he was like when the when we did the draft combine, we're in summer league. Like mm-hmm. me and John Wall, like we basically had the same time when we were running our sprints. But right. he's freakishly athletic, and I'm deceptively quick. And like like Houston Rockets GMs, like they do their all their analytics. They put on the, the those little like biometric devices on the players, and they would mm-hmm. measure how the explosiveness when they were to run. Now they this was obviously before Russ is there, so maybe Russ has the has the victory here. But Daryl Morey talked about how Jeremy Lin's explosiveness was actually the highest they had had 
who they'd record yeah. on their mm-hmm. rosters, right? And like, um, when you, I mean, just you see it in different games. For whatever reason, it's just not resonating. Nuggets, Lakers. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like the the feistiness of the Nuggets, and it's just like, yeah, like you said, Jamal Murray hobbled, injured. Probably the thing is, some players, it's like even though there are certain injuries called out on TV, and you can see them Olympic, like. You just get the impression that some players like Jamal or even Kobe in his day, like they were just more injured than was known, like in mm-hmm. general. Like they were just playing. And I, I don't know if there's enough of appreciation in general for all these professional athletes who are just playing with some kind of injury all the time. Like you can't possibly play at that kind of intensity that many games a year, like without having injuries. Like I don't know. I just think about like when I would sprain fingers playing basketball and like how many days or weeks did I not play basketball for, right? These guys will miss a game or whatever. It's like, oh, he missed a game. He's back in. And it's just like, well, he can't possibly be fully healed, right? I don't know. I, I just... Um, I, I'm, I'm with you there. I, as you know, I, I can't stand... Because what, <laughs> what ends up happening is the pejoratives come out, right? He's soft. He's... <laughs> He's not. He's not game bred. He's not playoff built, and it's like, oh god, you're so stupid. And, and it hurts even more coming from ex players. Um, I don't know if you heard what. Um, I don't know if you heard what Paul Pierce said about players playing LeBron oh, James. Yeah, the, <laughs> it's being like, afraid oh. of LeBron. But you know, you know, like how I interpreted those comments. Like, it is. It's a bit like just a ch- passing the torch, changing the guard, like whatever you want to call it, like. Whenever young guys come into a league, there's a little bit of awestruck, there's a little bit of inexperience, but there's like a pecking order where young guys just don't have the same kind of abilities and experience and knowledge and IQ as the seasoned veterans. And then there's going to be this time where those guys ramp up and become, they, they learn all those things they're supposed to learn, then they hit their athletic peak, and then they will dominate, which is kind of what happened when you see LeBron take over Paul Pierce as he grew up. And then... Then you're going to see the stuff with Tatum and Murray, all these guys. Like it just sort of happens over time. And if you take it out of sports and you think about your classmates, your colleagues, like when you're in, in freshman year in, in, in high school or college and you're, you don't really know the terrain and you don't know how things work in the school, whether it's the team, whether it's class and where the lockers are. And then you get to junior year, senior year. Um, and then, you know, like all the people throughout the university or the school you know who the librarians are you know who the janitors are and like you have your you know how things work you can get things done and that's just sort of what happens in general so it makes sense that like like okay a general point and i'll get to like specifically about paul pierce's point and these specific players but in a general sense it does make sense to me how um younger guys look up to somebody who's like they who might they might have been looking up to for years and look at them with a certain kind of reverence. And yeah, of course, Paul Pierce wouldn't because it's the same way. Okay, better, good example, PwC, certain guys who are associates, then they rise up to become partners and directors. And I look in LinkedIn and I see guys who, they were like associates or, or, or uh, managers. And now they're like on the verge of becoming partner. But I knew them when they were like just associates or senior associates. So it's not like I'm looking up to them the same way that I looked up to the partners before, you know, and then vice versa. Like, the partners who they rose up, they don't look at the senior guys as reverence. They, they, then it's just a dynamic between the generations. So that's what that's what's kind of ignorant about Paul Pierce's comment. Now, as for these specific players, um, I think I mean I think the different studs that we saw, like Jamal Murray and Jokic, like I think we saw that they weren't just like backing down from LeBron, right? Like Jamal was going right into it. Like he, yeah. Like so, I didn't I, think that I, it fully. 
Yeah. So I, I have a couple of issues with with what he said, right? And I, I, I know right. why he said it. We've talked about sports media and certain takes, certainly ones that I don't care for. And you can, this is, you, you can you can pin this as a perfect example of of exactly that. Like a former player who won a ring. I mean, for all those years that he was never going to win a ring because he was never going to win win a ring the way he was playing in Boston. Um, <laughs> And, you know, am I to say that he was afraid of Tayshaun Prince all those years that the, uh, that the, um, that the uh, Pistons were beating them? Also, I understand if, like, LeBron plays one guy for an entire series. Let's just say, um, let's just say he, played, um, he played straight up James Harden for an entire seven-game series. And that the Lakers beat the Houston Rockets in four games. And suddenly James Harden goes from 35 a game to 18 and just 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 a drop in numbers because he knows LeBron's playing him the or LeBron's kind of in his aura and he's just gonna make him more and and suddenly you can make a case, wow, you know what? Um, you know, James Harden did not respond well when LeBron is near him on the court or switches off him just some sort of x's and o's explanation to explain that that was an adjustment that was made and you could say that you know what james harden just does not play well when when lebron is is on the court at the same time okay that's fine but basketball still comes down to the end of the day of of making shots and not making shots and lebron made his shots in the fourth quarter of that game and you know uh denver didn't make enough of those shots and and that's it you would have to okay. cite a specific example <laughs> of where LeBron James is occupying rent in these guys' heads. It's just such a vapid statement that okay, and, and I think he only gets to say that statement because you know two of his buddies flanked him and they won a ring together because you know <laughs> oh my god it's 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 Paul Pierce man it's the truth it's you know everything he says is gospel and it's like no man like 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 i'm sorry your nba career was a particular nba career like you're a hall of famer you're you're great and all that but you don't get to tell these guys um who's shook and who's not shook and i will say this it's been my experience you talk about your experience in business and all it's been my experience where it's often the younger lion who's hungry who wants to prove something who you know i you know, we'll talk about this one day. I think Jason Terry played out of his mind when he was playing against specifically LeBron in when the okay. Mavs plays played um, um, played Miami. Yeah, it was just well, like I've I've never seen Jason Terry play. We'll as get there. Anyway. We'll get there. We will get yeah. there, and that's my whole point. And he was the opposite so, of scared. And I, but I think more players are more inclined to play that way. It's just that you can't make not, shots okay. drop. Those guys are the standouts. And I think, like, I think, I think those guys who are cut that way, but I don't know that it's the majority. Um, are, I just but don't I, think guys are scared. I just don't think guys are. Scared. Yeah, yeah. So, so to his point, like, I don't know the basis for what he's observing that would in, like, lead him to to say that. Now, what I really think is that he's now part of the media and he's carving out what he's going to be mm-hmm. known for, and mm-hmm. he is not going to be like. The cool guy, like like Jay, 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 If you think about like the cast entourage, like Jalen Rose might be. <laughs> I think he might be E. Paul Pierce might be um, Johnny Drama, you know. Oh wow! And Turtle, actually, maybe Jalen might be Turtle, and Chauncey Billups might be E. I think that's how I would think of like those three right there. 
Oh, e um, was the worst, then, man. Can we can we do better for Chauncey? I, I, e was the worst, in my opinion. <laughs> it's kind of funny how many people didn't like E. Actually, I don't no. know. I didn't have a problem. I don't know why people didn't like E. Why didn't they like E? They just I, 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 did, I didn't like him, and I didn't like the character. And I remember someone was like, um, because I, I said like I can name ten. Like it was, we were out somewhere, and someone and I said, you know, I can name ten actors right now. I could do a better job with E. Give him the same line, same everything. No, you can't. I said Edward Norton, and the guy put his drink down. No, goes, okay. Okay. Not Edward. He, he's no, too he, big for that. But it's got to be somebody is, who. The, the point is, Edward Norton, gun to his head, could play a better E than what was the actor's name? It wouldn't be believable than uh, Kevin Connolly. Uh, it it Kevin absolutely Connelly. would be believable. Oh my God. No, it's like. Edward because, Norton? Method actor because Edward Norton? It'd be fantastic. You would be. It has to be somebody who's not just like this A list star. You got to pick some <laughs> guy who, could, who you perceive as being in the background, which is why E might be the better role for. That Kevin Colley might be the better selection for that role. Now, can there be somebody better? I, I think you can make the argument. Yeah, yeah. like I don't very, know that very Whereas, very vanilla, very vanilla casting for him. But yeah. I guess it works because he was a vanilla character. So, anyways, yeah. So, um, in terms of the finals, now um, Lakers Heat. Man, this is great. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I just heard of the stats. Of the, this is the first time in NBA history that the two teams in the finals were not even in the playoffs the previous year. Um, oh, cool. The Heat, fifth seed, third uh, team since they had seedings in 1984 to be lower than ranked four. Um, you got the storylines, which I, we covered briefly just to recap them, right? You've got Pat Riley facing his old Lakers team, right? Who I don't, I don't think there was any bad blood, but it's just there's always going to be some friendly rivalry with just in general, like when you have some kind of relationships. Then you have obviously LeBron facing the Heat and Pat Riley, where you know, it wasn't. I'm, I'm sure there was a little bit of heat. Actually, uh, the diff different little bits of details have come out about the way LeBron left, and I think the heat felt a little miffed, like they weren't giving a heads up. Like LeBron just did it, and they thought that at a minimum he should have been able to tell them before the draft, so they don't start making moves and making different signings and trades and picks, all thinking they're going to keep LeBron, right? Like LeBron just mm -hmm. sort of shut them out. Then you have, obviously, Spo getting to the finals again. I think this basically is, this is probably the moment that cements Spo as his legacy, because I think there's always been some doubt about him, because he never made it to a conference finals without LeBron. Um, and Wade, and now he's done it with, like, these players who are rookies, and two-year, second-year players, and two-way players, and, like, um, and um, then you have, like, Andre Iguodala, who's in the finals again, facing LeBron again, which is incredible. Mm -hmm. um, I, uh, what are you, can I, can yeah, I, can I say, so? I, I think you're, I think you're underselling, you know, my favorite coach of all time, Eric Spolstra, all of a sudden. Okay. He, I didn't know he was your favorite of all time. I thought even, no, you no, no, no. I just, he going. just, he, he just became my favorite in like the last week because, okay. I mean, I, I think you're really <laughs> under, I think you're really underselling it. I mean, this guy, it's one thing to manage like, you know, import cars as your parking lot, but he's doing it with like, you know, Mazda CX-7s and stuff like that. Like he's, <laughs> he's, can you think of a coach? Because in any sport that has done it with superstars and then gone on to do it with a kind of bunch of job guys, I mean, Jimmy mm. Butler's not a job guy. Tyler Hero might be the next big thing. Same thing with Bam. No disrespect to those guys, but come on. But no one thought of them. Yeah, no one ever, no one considered them for the No, and where, the like, were, the, were these guys, did, did any of these guys make a decision before the start of the year, dancing on stage, you know? No, none of that. And, you know, and, and 
I always thought of Eric Spolstra as a glorified babysitter when he was okay. coaching the Miami <laughs> Heat. Yeah, me gave too. him me too. gave him no credit, but Same. good on good on the ownership for sticking with him. I I love that in sports, and here he is now with you know kind of you know kind of like a um, bunch of backup singers, and you're forming a new boy band. And next thing you know, it's like holy shit! Like these guys might win the I I, I don't know. I mean he. He's got to get something. I mean, he's 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 definitely a Hall of Fame coach if he wins another chip. Because number one, that's three. I think that's good enough. And to do oh, it yeah. in such, I mean, different ways. I mean, who's the only who's the only lock to be in the Hall of Fame right now in the Miami Heat? It's probably Iguodala. Uh, yes. Because I agree. let's just let's just assume that all these guys fall off the face of the earth. Yeah, they're too. Um, they haven't proven yet. They haven't proven. No, yet. I'm not even sure Jimmy Butler has either. Yeah, so I mean, uh, man, it it it'd be crazy, and to beat the world beaters, which the Lakers are right now, um, that would be that would be amazing. Um, I think it's amazing whether he comes up short or not. I definitely will. Yeah. Um, you know, the he's definitely earned. He's definitely earned um, an upgrade to his reputation since those um, championships. Uh, championship, uh, championship heat teams uh, from uh, from ten years ago. I think so. Do you think um, if I mean okay, how how I'm looking at it is it's basically win win for these two teams. It's like whatever happens here. Do mm-hmm. you, like I mean, but do you think from the Lakers side if they lose this finals, like the the narrative, the the response from everyone, the basketball world, like, do you think they're going to take any shit for this? Or are they just, are people going to say, wow, like what an incredible turnaround in first year with Anthony Davis, the Lakers are set up to do very well for the next years to come. Do you think that that's going to be the response or people are going to like make a big deal of the fact that they didn't win a finals again, like LeBron didn't win again. People will make a big deal because they forget who they beat to get here. And that's, that's a real shame because Okay. You know, they they beat the team that beat the Clippers. Um, they beat the team that had an amazing, you know, kind of buy into the whole playoffs. And, you know, they beat like a middle of the road team in the Houston Rockets. Like they, they played they they played really well coming into the finals. And yeah, unfortunately, people's memories are kind of no one really takes a lapsed look at that. They'll just look at it as oh, it's a LeBron James failure. And I can kind of already see it now, right? Because everyone's coming up with, uh, the memes are all out there, right? Like, I'm, I'm talking positive <laughs> ones. Uh, okay. So LeBron James, apparently, this is his 10th champ, um, yep. finals appearance, right. which is more than 27 other teams. Oh, yeah. Um, Love that. Yeah. So, and then, so so I, I feel like he's getting all this praiseworthy things going for him right now. And again, it's just it's it's classic media. It's classic internet fans. We're just building him up, kind to uh, kind of laugh at him if he comes up short. But I mean, it really is incredible. I'm just thinking. I guess we would have to see how Lakers lose. Now, if Lakers lose the way that the Mavs beat the Heat, then yeah, LeBron's kind of. You know, if we see a frustrated LeBron, if we see okay. like Dwayne Wade, we don't, it, it, it really all depends. Yeah. That's how they play. If they basically just sort of get roll, like they just get kind of dominated or not even dominated, but just look like they didn't play their best. You're saying if we get a good series, like the Boston Miami series, then I, yeah, I, 
You're right. I think in my head, I guess I was picturing it being like the Boston-Miami series because I just saw the Lakers as a really good team and that they weren't going to, even if they have an off game, they weren't going to have multiple off games and they were all going to show up. It, That's going to win it, it all. It also, it, we could have a situation, which LeBron is also accustomed to, where his team ends up losing, but he does very well for himself. You know, those Cavs yeah. teams that would lose. I mean, he was averaging a triple-double. It might be that Lakers lose and it's Anthony Davis, it's Caruso, it's Dwight, it's all those guys that couldn't support their superstar. If, if I think if that's the narrative, then LeBron absolutely gets a pass, even with the LeBron okay. haters, because you know the, even okay. even they would have to recognize that Anthony Davis didn't show up, and uh, Rajon Rondo is exactly who we thought he was, type of thing. Like all this was smoke and mirrors but, with him. But does it matter that the Lakers are the favorites? Right, they're definitely a favorite over the Heat when you look at season record you look yep. at and yep. right so if they lose they're losing to a team that is the underdog the underdog upset them and it would be like well lebron the argument was always he keeps getting lo- lo- he keeps losing to this these warriors this dynasty with a ha- like with an asterisk as i call it just check out the mm-hmm. episode and yep. now he finally has a chance to win a finals as the favorite finally like after so many years of not being a favorite True. and then he loses it and um, but yeah, if they don't win, I'm just curious, like Anthony Davis, do you think he takes any heat? I actually, yes, in my head, I just yeah think that they've done enough through these finals, this playoff run where it was just quite a really strong performance in rounds one, two, and three, I guess, um, that it just seems like, okay, like we're in a good spot. There's not going to be asterisks on this. Like people buy mm-hmm. into what this matchup is. The Miami team just dominated through all these rounds incredibly, which no one expected. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and, and, um, and so like they've proven themselves, whereas those Miami teams, they, they, it wasn't, it didn't feel that smooth when they would go through rounds one, two, and three to get to the finals. I mean, granted they're facing teams like those, the big three Celtics or the, the, the Paul George Pacers and the Derrick Rose Bulls. So granted they're really good teams, but it was like, they didn't just dominate the way these Lakers did. So, mm-hmm. um, now how, how do you think this match, how do you think they match up in the, uh, like what, how do, do you have a prediction or do you just not do um, that? Yeah. I mean, okay. That's, that's another thing I have to get to is like, I think when people offer predictions, you'll see like a panel, um, of, especially with football, they, they literally flash the logo, uh, as to who's gonna, <laughs> who you're gonna pick in the Monday Nighter, right? Uh, for example, and then they all have a big laugh after because either the one guy that should have picked the favorite, or it's the one guy that picked the underdog out of a panel of seven. He gets to somehow have the last laugh because he just said, "You know what? I'm gonna be a dick today, and um, I I really don't think this team's gonna win. But if I do, I'm gonna have my 15 minutes of fame on TV." So uh, <laughs> I I, I kind of hate predictions. Like, yes, you sh- if if you are if you're a knowledgeable basketball fan, I can't think of a single argument that you would present that Lakers are not, not just a favorite, but I'd, I'd say a decisive one. That's not to say that if Miami wins, it's shocking. Uh, shocker, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's still an upset, but I mean, you're not, you're not a buffoon. Like a 60, 40 thinking, split kind of. Yeah, I'd probably even give it more. I mean, it's like maybe seventy thirty. Sure, yeah, I know like, what you're saying. Like, like, like one in three is it's, that's like Vegas odds, right? I mean, that's that's pretty much what uh, you know the the house has on you. So, 
Yeah, I mean, I'm going to pick Lakers. I'm not, you know, it's not my hill to die on. It's just, yeah, what's yeah. more, li- what's more likely to happen? I think Lakers are more likely to win the NBA championship. That's I think that's all I'll like say. the way I see that the game kind of playing out. I mean, I guess Jimmy guards LeBron. Maybe, maybe you get Iguodala for some of it, but I think LeBron's just running at such a high level that he it won't really matter who guards him. Because the thing too is he's not bearing the entire load anymore. Like he has Davis, who's basically picking up the brunt and. LeBron sort of steps in when he needs to. And then they have so many seasoned veterans like Rondo, who's just such a skilled um, skilled guy with a lot of experience. Um, mm-hmm. And he... So you're going to have Rondo and Caruso against, like, Hero and... Who's the other guy? Um, is it oh, Duncan Dragic. Robinson? Oh, Dragic. Oh, okay. Yeah, so mm. I think that that's an interesting matchup. I, I still kind of give it to the Lakers there, um, just slightly in the guard position. And then you have Bam... I think Davis is still really good. Um, but I, think I, think, put, I think I think I think to disrupt. Um, I think they're going to do exactly copy and paste what they did to Jokic. They're just going to stick Howard on him, frustrate him, let him be okay. the. So they might just double on their bigs. And do you make, think that Bam is too athletic and skilled for Dwight to do that? They're like Bam would just dunk on him and just get him into foul trouble. Yeah, but that's. Get Huna foul trouble because I think that's exactly what Dwight is there for to kind of be. This. No, I meant that Bam's going to get Dwight into foul trouble. Yes, but you know you hope that with them occupying each other, that that frees up everyone else. Right? I think that's pretty much the strategy with with putting Jokic on him. Um, I don't like. I don't recall did Jokic then because I don't think Jokic guarded um, guarded uh, AD on defense much. Yeah, no, it, it was Dwight. I mean, I think AD yeah, was... Yeah, see, uh, it was... The um, problem was the, the, the Nuggets were just not that disciplined on defense. They just... It was a lot mm-hmm. of bad fouls, a lot of careless yeah. fouls. And then, I don't know, I'm always just I'm always just wondering, are the assistant coaches pulling the players aside after a game and showing them video tips to explain what a foul is? Because if that's the case, why would you all the time complain about what a foul is? Like, it doesn't make sense. Anyway, we'll put that aside. That just... My, I, I think that the Lakers are—they got that edge. You're right. I agree. It's believable that the, that he would win, but I think the Lakers just have a lot more size and athleticism, and they got LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and so I think they're going to win. It, isn't it interesting how it's even though it's LA, it's it's a bigger market. That I mean, if you polled, and I'm being serious now, if you polled a um, hundred people that watched today's game, right? So Boston and Miami. So you get a mix of casual and hardcores. Like, can you name the LA Lakers head coach right now? <laughs> uh, it's just crazy how LeBron's coaches are just, it's, I don't know. It's just never, yeah. not only is it, not only is it not um, mainstream, it's like, it never gets discussed. It never gets, you know, it's, it's like, Say if, say if Lakers do lose, I don't think the offseason discussion is going to be what's the improvement on head coach that the Lakers can make. Um, now, it's very possible that LeBron, depending on how that series goes, that you know we've seen LeBron just kind of have creative control and just say, like, mm, this coach doesn't work for me, brother, and pull a Hulk Hogan, and next thing you know, there's someone else there. and He could very well do it. L- LA is his team now and not Frank Vogel's team. But I'm just amazed that like whoever's coaching LeBron is just, you know, is like, is if you're doing a Google search and like LeBron James, like his coaches come up on like the 10th page of his archives. Right. It's just, it's just <laughs> never, it's just never anything important. I don't know. 
Yeah. All right, man. Well, I, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I'm definitely impressed that the NBA got everything to this point, given where we were in March and there was a shutdown and we all wondered, like, how are you going to run this bubble and have no infections? And they've, they've run this really clean operation. So that's been really impressive mm-hmm. to see. And uh, I think and I'm, and I'm, and I'm happy. And I'm happy I was completely wrong about the NBA bubble. Uh, the basketball has been amazing. Uh, it's yeah. been really competitive. Remember when we were talking how I was going to say, oh, you know, I think I wonder if like a couple years from now, players are going to, we don't know, right? Maybe Jamal Murray had a really great NBA bubble experience. Or Dame, you know what? Damian Lillard is a really good example because he really came out of his shell. I mean, what yeah. if, what if he just kind of takes a dip and just is a bit of a bit less of a player um, for years to come, and then you know he, he kind of does a retrospective of his life and says, "You know what, man, the bubble just really worked for me. There was no fans. I was just able to dial in." Um, I'm not seeing a lot of that. I'm seeing a lot of guys, if anything, just kind of play at where they should be. And I, I can't really see anyone having a dip in performance like the LA Lakers playing the way they are with or without fans. Like, yeah, that makes complete sense to me that they're in the NBA finals. I don't think anyone's going to say that um, Miami shouldn't be there if there was fans there. I mean, do we really think that the Toronto fans as rabid as they are would have made a difference in that Boston series? I, I don't know. I, um, I really, that one's tougher that just that particular series. Cause those two fan bases are quite prominent, but I mean, I know where you're going with it. I mean, I, I think ultimately we are seeing the better teams out of their respective conferences. Exactly. And that was, and that was everyone's worry was what I'm, what I'm getting at. Everyone's worried that we were going to get some crazy COVID finals where players snitching on each other and dropping off. And next thing you know, it's, it's, I don't know, it was going to be like Denver versus someone, but um, no, I'm glad it worked out. It's great. No. Do we know who has the call for the finals? It's ESPN, I'm assuming. It's always yeah. It's going to be they're probably going to put it on ABC, so it's going to be the ESPN team. Gotcha. Um, so, man, we'll check in when it's done. Um, see what you know. Just do a retrospective on the season and where we're going. But it's been good, man. I'm enjoying it. So, we'll catch you later. All right. Take care, everyone. Cool. Take care, everyone. So, BayHeightsPod at gmail.com, and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We'd love to hear any feedback. All right. See everybody.